0: Welcome back to another episode of Conversations on the Creek, the Duck Creek podcast where we interview thought leaders about how the latest insure tech is transforming the P&C insurance industry. Whether you work in underwriting, sales and marketing, claims or an insurer's IT department, in each episode we uncover the insights you need to reimagine the future of insurance. I'm Rob Savitsky, and today we are live recording from the Duck Creek Formation 23 conference, and I'm still pumped to have Matt Morgan of Argyle Insurance here to tell the founding story of his company, Co-founder, COO, taking the Australian small business insurance market by storm. Great story today, and uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to have the conversation. Matt, welcome to the show. How are you? Awesome. I'm good. I'm good. Great to be here. Thank
1: you for um, thank you for the opportunity to be on here with you. I think it's conversations down by the creek. So. Uh, there's quite a few creeks around out here, so uh, you've got to keep an eye out for alligators. So um, I haven't seen one, but i oh, yeah, you were I'm playing told, golf earlier. as yeah, part no, of
0: your formation experience. Uh, right? uh, clearly,
1: I was playing too well because I wasn't down by the creek, so that's why I didn't see them. Maybe that's the that's the uh, so at least that's the story I'm telling. So, um, but yeah, no, it's 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 great to be here, and it's uh, certainly exciting to be able to tell you guys, share share with all of you a bit of a story, a, a bit about our story, um, which is you know still very very early in it's it's infancy, but um, it's one we're really excited to kind of share and 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 Yeah, keep growing with.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for joining. So let's start at the beginning and you've got a deep insurance background. Why don't you walk us through some of that and how that led up until forming Argyle? Awesome. Yeah, sure. So I think, yeah, it's been, I've been in insurance
1: now for nearly the better part of two decades. Um, It certainly looks like I've been in insurance for at least two decades, but um, (laughs) I'm glad we're podcasting today. And um, so I think with, there is a camera I dumb as I keep getting told, but yeah, no, I'm my background was I was lucky enough to work for one of the largest carriers in in Australia um, and they were really great to work for in that. They gave me the opportunity to um, get to see the entire operation of an insurance um, business. So I got to spend a lot of time in distribution, in underwriting, in pricing, uh, in claims, and marketing, um, both across the direct lines of their business as well as their intermediated or their their agency broker channels. Um, And it was, I think, spending, you know, quite a bit of time across all of those that really gave me a really good grounding in, in insurance and also showed me just how important it is for the industry. Um, Australia goes through a whole wide range of um, weather events nearly every year, uh, from bushfires to, to cyclones or hurricanes um, through to hail events and, and and a number of other natural disasters and others. So seeing just what insurance does for communities um, certainly kind of reinforced to me how important it is and, and I think it ignited a passion um, that that seems to continue to grow day after day.
0: Nice. I guess. Did you ever see yourself as starting a company, or what? What kind of picked your interest in? Hey, I I need to leave. You know, my my, my job and go off and, and start this new venture. Did I? Um, not 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 initially. I think for me, the the
1: the burning desire to kind of go off and start was after I heard. Um, Quite an interesting quote from from one of the uh, um, top professors in Australia who who looks at thought leadership and innovation and and kind of different business models, and he he references Charles Kettering, um, who used to work for GM General Motors here in Australia, and and he's he's incredibly well known for uh, and 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 this this for me was kind of that moment where where it gets you thinking and it gets you thinking. Okay, if if if, yeah, if that's something they can do, why not? I think which kind of it kind of ties in with the whole Mission Possible um, keynote that we heard just before, which was around, um, at the time, the problem he was trying to solve, which was around, um, was it took 37 days to paint a car. Um, and so the whole comment around Henry Ford, which is you can have any colour, you know, as long as it's black, uh, I, I kind of understood that. And so Charles Kettering set out to try and figure out how would he solve this problem. And, you know, he got all the engineers together and, they, you know, at the best that they could do was to get it down to 30 days. And he just didn't believe that that was... Um, that was good enough. And so he then looked at partnerships and that's a big part of our strategy as well. Um, And he he came across DuPont and um, and it was with that curiosity and working with DuPont that he was able to work out a new paint drying technique, um, which I think they labelled DuCo or something like that, which was something that could be dry in hours, you know, not days or weeks like all the professors. And so then what he did is he took all of these engineers who told him it couldn't be done out to lunch, put on a big lunch for them uh, so I'm told, and at the end of the lunch, they all walked out into the parking lot, and none of them could find their cars, because whilst they were at lunch, he had painted all their cars a different colour, and um, and 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 let it dry, and it was all there. And so for me, that story, in terms of you know that that art of possible and 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 not being afraid to, to go after something, was really kind of the key moment where I thought for us, it kind of really tells a great story, and and it was it was kind of a big part of the inspiration for us. So. Um, kind of that was the litmus test. And coming back from that, I think the big, big thing in Australia at the moment is we're seeing a real shift um, in consumer buying behaviour. We're seeing a real shift in um, the way um, business models work. And I think COVID has just accelerated that exponentially. And as, as a result of that, I think I th- what I saw was a real opportunity to go out and look at how we could take some of these great ideas and great technology and great learnings and put it together in a model that was actually um, different and it was going to redefine um the the, the broker industry in particular who, who, are, who are who are really um, hungry for this for the for for what we're doing and what our about um and so that was probably the big part of the motivation for us as to um, why we wanted to get out there and start something new was there was an opportunity for it and there was no reason not to
0: sure so you mentioned the brokers and mm-hmm. you hear a lot today or maybe not today but for a long time we've heard small commercial disintermediate the brokers yep. go straight to the small businesses mm-hmm. but you have decided not to go that route. What, uh, why, why work with the brokers and, and partner with them?
1: Yeah, um, and I think that's the, for us the, the the single biggest factor is we know as humans that we still seek the comfort and we still seek the, uh, the reassurance of human human connection and human advice. Um, I think that's it, it's just fundamental to who we are. It's fundamental to, to what we're about. So, uh, one of our key under, underpinning philosophies is the fact that, um, and you talk about brokers. I think was this whole piece that we know that um, a business owner in this instance is really good at what they do. But you're, you're asking these business owners to be accountants. You're asking these business owners to be marketers. You're asking these business owners to then look at risk prevention, loss prevention, and, and, right. and, and all that's doing is is taking up headspace, which keeps them from being successful and following their passion, which is their business. So for us, um, we, we see brokers being a, a, an incredibly important um, part of um, um, society. Um, we actually, for us, the 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 philosophy is they are the risk professional. We actually see with the advent of digitisation, accounting is becoming more standardised, but risk um, and risk risk analysis and risk advice that that's something that takes years to learn. It takes a lot of um, time in the industry to be able to um, really put that all together for someone. And I think that's the role that brokers play. So um, so that was the reason why we we targeted that area. Um, we felt that they're a huge part of it and we want to be the enabler that gives them that kind of edge to be to be really be you know um, connected in with their customers
0: right and a lot of them i mean they might have personal relationships already with a lot of these customers whether it's their home and their auto and they they also yeah they have a small business on the side so it sounds like you're tapping into that expertise those connections to Mm. to drive your growth very much so yeah
1: it's it's the industries we want to work in, the brokers um, do have quite a bit of the scale as well. So there is there is a numerical, you know, um, component to making sure that we are, you know, playing where 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 the biggest opportunity lies. But equally, um, brokers are incredibly discerning and incredibly, um, um, you know. Um, calculating and making sure that they are putting products and they're putting services in front of their customers that are going to be valuable and meaningful and and all of that. So um, we know that, you know, they'll hold you to account, they'll hold you to a standard. um, And so you've really got to be on your game to actually um, get the cut through and and get them to buy into what you're doing.
0: Awesome. Love that. So So, changing gears slightly, uh, I know it's early in your journey, uh, relatively early Mm -hmm. early in your journey, but um, I think you've, you've, we were talking beforehand, it sounds like you've already made a pivot or two. Was there something that you you know you realized early on that maybe wasn't necessarily working you decided to go a different direction yep Um, yes we have pivoted I think I think there's no tech business out there or no startup
1: that hasn't um, probably had many pivots for us the 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 strategy was to build four platforms um, and have them interconnected um, via a digital wallet that was kind of the strategy for us Um, and one of the four pillars of those platforms was a fully full stack insurance technology business Um, and when we got together, and, and I'd been following Duck Creek for a number of years um, prior to us starting, just, you know, other than having a cool name, it's, 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 um, it, it was really, it had some, you know, big brands that we admired coming out of the States, like Geico working with this tech, so it kind of captures the headline and makes you want to know a bit more about it. Um, and so following that story through, the whole brief to the tech teams was... We want that, we want you to go and build what they've got." Um, and after a bit of discovery work and analysis, they came back to us and said, that's going to take years and and, and and a heap of people and a, an army of people to get you anywhere near what you're looking to do. And so for us, we'd kind of set the strategy, we'd kind of set how we were going to architect the technology. Um, and that was quite sobering to have this re- reality check, I suppose. Luckily we had it early on. Um, and um, that was, you know, the courage of the architects to kind of call that out for us. Um, and so we had that reality check and we, we, we realised that actually it was better to partner, which is kind of that whole catering model of, of finding experts like DuPont and all of that, um, and and look at how we then form a long-lasting partnership that, to enable us to move quicker. So it's that old, you know, old proverb of if you want to go fast, go alone, but if you want to go far, go together. Um, and that really kind of came through... Um, Kind of came to the fore and then, and then what we did is we had a look at the broader market to see what was out there um, and did a bit of analysis which actually was great for us because it helped broaden our knowledge of, of the what-ifs um, and it really kind of exposed to us that uh, that you've really got to look at the technology and, and, and remove your blinkers and, and not just get focused on what you think is core to you. You actually need to look at what else is you know, surrounds that technology. What are the enabling components? And, you know, when we, when we did the analysis and we looked at kind of the assessment of the different providers out there, the strategy that Duck Creek was pursuing was unique in the fact that they were really much working towards um, having their kind of sticking to their core solution but wrapping in a number of enabling partners as well. So they also saw a partnership strategy as... Um, being fundamental to their point of difference. Um, and so that that for us was the exciting piece of, of we get this, we get to work with this great technology, but we also get exposed to a whole world of um, thinking and ideas that we we would never have considered.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole ecosystem we're building together. Correct. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, we're, we're, we're thrilled, obviously, to have, have you guys on board and working with us. Um, mm-hmm. I know you talked about you know, call it outsourcing or building, you know, taking some of the tech out of house, working with us and other partners in the industry. Can you maybe talk about your philosophy towards building the team itself? Obviously, you've come from the industry. Mm -hmm. How are you thinking about, you know, differentiating Argyle through the personnel that you bring in?
1: Mm. Um, that's that's for us is probably one of the most important parts of, of the longevity of the business itself. So, um, as I said, brokers are incredibly discerning. Um, there is an element for them around making sure that they testing your knowledge of the industry, and, and and there is there is that element of you you need to have worked in the industry to um to to have a level of credibility. Um, so, in building the Argyle team, we set about looking for people who were curious. Um, we looked for that cultural piece, that cultural alignment, not only in our partnerships, but also in, in the team itself. Um, and we, you know, we were looking for people that were keen to take on a challenge, who weren't scared by the, the ambiguity of, of you know, sitting there in a room and going, yeah, um, you know, this is what we're being told by reinsurers, but we don't want to do that. It's, um, let's actually So how can we go about finding ways to actually um, really challenge the status quo? Um, so, yeah, we were looking for – I don't want to say risk-takers because insurance, that's not a word you want to use in insurance. Uh, um, but we were looking for people who were prepared to push the envelope. We were looking for people um, – and that went for partners as well. So I think for us, the, um, the we very quickly realised that to scale to scale a business like this it was not something we can do ourselves. Um, and so, yeah, when we started to look for the team, that was where um, – the, the kind of understanding that cultural fit from, you know, and the core members as well as kind of some of our key partners was, was vital. And I think when I look at the signals we got from the Duck Creek team in Australia, I think that was, that was the super cool thing. So when I looked at the investment that, you know, Sharji, Dave Matthews, uh, and I joke, but when they eventually, um, unleashed Johan on us, um, (laughs) it was, um, you really got a sense of just how invested the team was in, in, in our success, uh, and, and being part of it. And, um, I mean, I'm just walking around formations now and Johan's rattling off a list of people that I should I should go speak to because he can see the value that, you know, that's going to bring to our business. So um, that's the super cool thing about it as well. So it's, it's finding people who want to be part of that and who, who want to celebrate that success, but equally want to challenge you. Um, and that that's the other piece for us is we, we've always said we're open to feedback. We're always open to, you know kind of ideas around how we can do it better we, um, because you never never get it right all the time. Right. Um, and so having that kind of openness and that channel is one of the key important things for us to be able to receive um, that feedback because we learn from it, we grow from it, and it only just makes what we're doing that much better.
0: Nice. Awesome. Great to hear. So in, I know you've only launched for a few months, but can you maybe mm-hmm. talk to some of the results you've, you've accomplished and maybe two full questions. Some of the results and how is the technology, your tech stack, um and not necessarily death creek but your, your mm-hmm. whole tech stack how is that enabling what you're able to do and what what you've accomplished
1: cool all right let's let's talk results first and then we can then we can talk about sure. um because otherwise i'll end up talking about the tech stack and, and that'll be the end of this podcast um so uh, yeah you're right we, we're six months in um we were very targeted in in the launch i think our observations of other underwriting our MGAs that have gone into the market um was that there was a lot to learn from the different entry kind of um, strategies that they'd, they'd adopted. Um, and so for us, it was very much around targeted with some really key strategic partners, um, some key strategic broker relationships. Why we did that was it allowed us to test our product, test our pricing, uh, test our risk risk selection um, in, in an atmosphere and an environment that was safe for us to do that. Um, and and one where we got really good rapid um, feedback, um, and so so what we did is we targeted one broker for the first three months, and we just worked with them, uh, and we really worked on them testing the system, putting it through the paces. Um, Jamie, who heads up our underwriting, was 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 constantly on the phone getting phone calls and and you know it was funny because he was playing the role of underwriter but suddenly he was playing the role of uh, tech help tech support it was so it was all of these pieces that you don't quite know how it's going to go um, but you do know that you need that flexibility and agility to be able to react and respond so that was one of the key things for us was, was get out there but really get out with a strategic partner who was going to be honest but who was also going to be um, you know supportive and safe in, in, in helping us grow so that was the first couple of months since then. We've onboarded a number of ASX listed brokerages. Um, so the, the Australian Stock Exchange um, listed brokerages. So they have large portfolios of business, large user bases. So we've, I think we've successfully onboarded um, most of the large um, independent brokerages in Australia as well as some wow. of the, some of the cluster awesome. groups. Yeah, so it's it's super cool because we're starting to see that scale now. I think, um, yeah, I can I can say that Jamie was up till one o'clock this morning, American time, doing doing underwriting referrals because that was the daytime in Australia. So that volume of business is going through. So we're seeing our strike rates north of 50% at the moment, uh, which is, I think the industry, you're lucky to have 15, 20%. That's normally what, that's kind of where our projections had been. Um, and the reason for that is is the fact that there's a lot of trust um, from the brokers that are using it, uh, and a lot of confidence in that when they do come to us, they understand what we're about, they understand what our business is, and they know that when they put business with us, um, it, we're going to respond. And it's it's stuff that we want to see you know, become part of Argyle. So it's super exciting.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, I think we're getting closer to wrapping up here. I don't want to take you and Jamie off yeah. of you know answering those calls in the middle of the day. Yeah. So we'll, we'll wrap up the, here pretty soon. But yeah. maybe maybe the final question. Obviously, you're in Australia, down under. Things may be a little bit different there. Mm-hmm. Some of the folks in our, our large audience today, and those listening, um, you know, might might be wondering what uh, what applies to them. So, I guess mm-hmm. I'm I'm curious from your 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 thought, your perspective. You know, mm-hmm. what what really is applicable to the rest of the world yeah, that you're sure. doing? I think
1: for us, the the big thing for us is the. And, and this is the other half of the technology piece as well, is um, that a lot of CRMs, a lot of the systems that are out there, are often um, they only ever give you a 180 degree view of the customer. It's typically retrospective. It's typically after the event. So one of the most important things for us was around being relevant. We know that attention spans, time, um, yeah, customers' you know, bandwidth is getting harder. And it's getting more and more consumed. It's getting harder and harder to, to capture that bandwidth. So for us, um what we've set out to do is to look at how we are building a system building a business that's going to enable brokers we we want to be the enabler we want our platform to be an enabling platform that allows them to be relevant when it matters that's kind of the key strategy for us um and so
0: free them up to give the advice that they. that's right And, and
1: not only that at the time when they need to give the advice So I think that's the other key component here is what we're seeing is too often it's anecdotal. There's a lot of an onus put on the customer to to actually inform the agent or broker that they've actually purchased a new asset or done something like that. So the platform we have taps into some of the cool technology around open banking, some of the accounting software that's out there that enables um, the broker to be informed almost in real time about any changes in the business, which then enables them to do what they do best, which is look at the risk and actually interact and advise. Uh, And so that's the key piece for us is we want to get brokers away from all the time-consuming administrative administrative um, tasks that they do and actually get them through out in the field working with customers, which is what they do best. It's what they love. It's what energises them. So for us, that's kind of the key thing is we want to give um, give back to that. Um, and the other piece, just quickly, is we're looking at legacy as well. Okay. And we're looking at this piece. There's this huge knowledge in the industry, right, um, and a huge um, generational kind of um, – wealth of knowledge. And and for us, the observation is, how do you um, capture that and enable it to be available for future generations? And so this is where AI and and all of these cool new technologies are coming in. And we're looking at how we can um, empower brokers to kind of create digital twins of themselves, capture some of that really cool knowledge, give them time to pursue other passions, but equally still contribute to the industry. Um, and so that's that's really, as I said, that enabling platform is how we're looking to see if we can capture some of that really, you know, inherent knowledge, um, codified in a way that it's available, and I mean, and then allow it to be passed on to future generations. That's that's one of the key um, aspirational pieces for us.
0: That's awesome. So I heard definitely, you know, harnessing the ecosystem, taking advantage of all those new technologies that are coming along, and then really just for everyone, you know, getting back to making the broker not just be reactive but proactive, and being able to reach out understand the customer and make those decisions
1: that's it yeah, yeah. definitely because i mean ultimately and i'll close because it's another charles Kettering quote but i think it kind of <laughs> good to kind of top and tail is he talks about the fact that he, his ambition was always about in the future because that's where he's going to be living and i think for me there's that doesn't re- that resonates just so well in terms of what we're doing because that's where we're going to spend the rest of our lives so we may as well be looking to figure out how we do it well and do it do it right for everyone
0: i hear you good stuff awesome cool well matt it has been a pleasure Thanks for joining. First ever live guest on the show. First
1: live guest. So great to be here. So thanks so much for having us. And yeah,
0: live audience. Awesome. Well, thank you all for listening today. You can learn more about Argyle by going to their website. That's argyleinsure.com. A-R-G-Y-L-E, insure.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to check out all of our other episodes. Follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and go to DuckReek.com slash podcasts. I'm Rob Savitsky. Today's episode produced by Jake Lambert, and we will see you in the next episode.